Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, uh, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 110 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a fantastic day. So I'm pretty excited for today's conversation because this conversation is the result of a post in the Selling the Couch Facebook community that went kind of viral and uh, it sparked a lot of interest and a lot of just great conversation. And the topic was started by none other than Amanda Petrick. Amanda is a licensed counselor out in Topeka, Kansas. And she's also a registered plate therapist. And Amanda wanted to do something unique when uh, she was making this transition from part-time private practice to full-time. So she was trying to figure out how do I expand my referral network and how do I get more, you know, get in front of folks that are in front of my ideal clients. And so Amanda decided that she was going to start to write letters to these clinicians, like, old-fashioned snail mail, not email, just letters, put them in envelopes and, you know, put stamps on them and send them away. And I wanted to have Amanda on because she shared so much great information in that Facebook post about what worked for her. Um, I will put the actual link to the Facebook post in the uh, show notes, which you can find at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session 110. Um, just so that you can get reference. But uh, I wanted to have Amanda on to really break down her process in in sending these letters, uh, the content of these letters, what she learned from creating these letters, how she determined who she would send these letters to. There's just, I don't know, a lot of really, really practical information in, in today's podcast, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, before we do get to today's session, I wanted to take a, a moment to thank a new sponsor for the STC podcast, which is the awesome folks over at Theranest. Theranest is a uh, electronic health record. They help us to be able to keep our records online, and they have a wonderful reputation in our community. And they were kind enough to offer STC listeners 20% off of the first three months after a 21-day free trial. You can learn more at sellingthecouch.com forward slash TheraNest. So we'll get right to it. Here is my conversation with Amanda Petrick from AmandaLCPC. 
com. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to Selling the Couch. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. You made this post in the uh, STC Facebook community that kind of went pseudo viral there. So I know. I had no idea it was going to be such a big deal. I thought people would kind of ignore it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's such, we were talking about this beforehand, and I think um, the thought of writing letters to other healthcare providers, to other helpers and healers is just, it's something that intimidates a lot of us. And I just love, I think, one, your vulnerability in that post. And two, I think just your willingness and your heart to just share what worked for you. Oh, thank you. I had no idea I was doing all of that. (laughs) I just thought this worked for me. Let me see if maybe even a couple people, it would help them out. And I got just huge feedback, not even on that post, but so many personal messages, more people asking me, how do I do this? (laughs) Right. Sounds like a potential product in the making there. Uh, Yeah, who knew? (laughs) But, you know, I wanted to start by just asking, like, what inspired you to write these letters in the way that you did? Yeah, good question. This past January, just January 2017, is when I went full time in my private practice. I was part time before. And so the only marketing I did was, of course, the online Psychology Today profile. And so right before January, I was like, oh, shoot, I should probably do something a little bit more (laughs) than just online. And so, of course, while I was researching marketing strategies, I look a lot on your Facebook page and your podcasts. I wanted to do the letters, but everything I read, everyone almost kind of shunned letters. They were saying, you have to meet doctors in person. And I worked in a hospital. And I was like, how does that work? Because I know doctors personally, and you can't meet them. Hmm. They are either in session, they're in meetings, or they're writing notes, and you don't go in and walk in on them when they're busy. Yeah, so you you had a different understanding of it, I feel like, right, working in a hospital. Yes, I didn't know how they logistically made that work when everybody said you don't write letters. You walk in and there and meet them. And so I decided to chance that and write not just a few letters, but a ton of letters and personalize them to the people I wanted to write them to and about me. And it kind of worked. My first month in January, I had over 100 clients and most of them, they were no longer online referrals. They were from the physicians that I had connected with. That's amazing. And not from the hospital that I worked at because I didn't send it to any of the hospital that I worked at because I didn't want (laughs) to upset my previous bosses. I sent it to different doctors I'd never met. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, that's very thoughtful to do that. But it's just, I don't know, I don't even have words to it. That's like, it's amazing. I mean, thank to, you. I just like thinking a couple of things. One is, my gosh, that must have taken so much time <laughs> and thought to do that. It took a little bit of time trying to just figure out what I wanted to write because I didn't want to come off too formal, but mm-hmm. not, <laughs> I wanted to still come off professional. Right. Who yeah. to send them to. And yes, the actual. You know, printing them out, mailing them, that part. Yeah, foreign concepts now, I feel like, as we move forward, right, writing letters. and I know, <laughs> that's what a ton of people had asked. Like, did you actually write these? Did you type them? Did you do email? And yeah. yes, this concept of snail mail, as we call it. <laughs> yeah, so I actually wanted to ask, like, really specific things around that. So one, like, who did you address these letters to? Was it, like the doctor themselves or was it like a like a business manager kind of person? Yeah, I did identify the specific doctors themselves. That's mm. one of the things I feel like I did right was that I didn't send it to the entire agency. Mm. Since I have worked out like community mental health centers or hospitals, I knew if I just sent it to the whole hospital or the whole community mental health agency, 
that would wind up on the receptionist's desk and she would open it and it wouldn't go anywhere. So I addressed it to the specific doctor. So I might have sent 10 to the actual agency itself, but to all 10 doctors in the agency. Yeah. So, you, so that it, well, mm-hmm, I mean, it sounds so, like you personalized it and well, you did the research beforehand to one identify these doctors, but then you like personalized each letter. So to, even though, you know, there might've been multiple positions, for example, at the agency. Exactly. And that was a huge piece of it is figuring out which doctors I wanted to send it to. So that was kind of figuring out who am I going to specialize with, like what ages, what kind of, I do mostly kind of anxiety and depression, but then I'm also a registered play therapist. So I'll see children. So that's who I was thinking about, which of my clients, who are they going to see before they come to my door? So, of course, pediatricians, OBGYNs, get those mothers, and even urgent care. How many of our clients, they go to urgent care you know, agencies before they come to us thinking, I'm having a heart attack. Well, it's actually a panic attack. Uh, you just said something like one sentence, and you said it so quickly, but it's such a, a powerful oh. sentence, which is <laughs> like you really thought about who is seeing your clients before they see you. Yeah, I put a lot of thought into that because as much as I'd like to think, I mean, mental health is becoming more and more prominent now, but still a lot of our clients, they don't come to us first. They still go to their doctor or their school counselor or their priest and thinking, who would they seek first before they come to us? And that's who I reached out to. How did you find these, like... Did you do online research or how did you like find these physicians and like where they, well, you know, what they specialized in or? Yeah, great question. I did, went on Google. I looked up pediatrician practices. Mm. I looked up the urgent care agencies in our area. And then once I looked up their website, I went to their staff page and I started copying down every doctor, APRN, physician's assistant, and that's who I addressed it to. Yeah, I mean, it's such a good strategy. So let's even take a step back. So step one was figure Mm -hmm. out where are my ideal clients going to before they see me, and then making a list of, I guess, just a generic list, right? Pediatricians, nurse practitioners, Mm -hmm. uh, asthma allergists, whatever it is, right? Yes. And I mean, I also did, I didn't do all the letters for this group, because that literally would have been hundreds, but I reached out to every school counselor, school psychologist, social worker, because we literally have hundreds and hundreds and even bigger towns, because I'm in Topeka, Kansas, and bigger towns would be even more. I sent emails to every one of them. But you can imagine you're trying to get just a handful to contact you back, and that's all you need to get a good referral base. Yes. I mean, that's a good strategy. So like not expecting you're going to get like a 100% response rate. So Exactly. And I think that's why, because I did hear from many on that post that I wrote that, well, I've tried it in the past, maybe I need to do it again. And I wonder how many maybe wrote one letter, 10 letters, and because they didn't get a good return, they felt like it didn't work. Well, I mean, I know I've gotten letters on my doorstep before, and I just threw it away, which I feel awful about now. But I mean, I think that's sort of the reality, right? Like, I do think, like you just said something, which is powerful, which is, I think sometimes when we send letters, we're like, we think of it more like maybe from like a a marketing perspective, right? But Mm -hmm. the reality is like, you have to also think about put yourselves in the shoes of the person receiving it, right? So if we're the average person that's just seeing a letter, it's likely going to go in the recycle or, you know? Yeah. 
and my mindset about it was I only need to build up my referral base. I only need three or four doctors, Mm -hmm. if even that, to pick up that letter, read it and keep those business cards. So if I send out a ton of them, (laughs) right. You know, I don't need every single one. I wouldn't be able to accommodate every single one. I want to get definitely more into the structure, but it sounds like you included business cards as well. I did. So I sent a few business cards with each one. And of course, the doctors that did respond, I followed up and we'll, you know, we can talk more about what I've done in return. I followed up and gave them more. And I'm even like trying to decide, do I want to change up the marketing materials I send them, you know, do rat cards, do magnetic business cards, because you know, it makes me wonder, are business cards often thrown away? You know, but right now I just sent business cards. Well, I mean, it sounds like it's sort of a get a pulse of the environment, right? And then tweak as opposed to just waiting and, and which I feel like a lot of us have the tendency to do because I think we're such thinkers, right? Which we uh-huh. like want to get this like perfect and figure it out. Like maybe I should send magnetic cards, you know, like. I know, it's trying to gauge what it is that people respond to or keep. I think about what it is that I keep when somebody drops something on my door. Mm. Do I keep the pen, but I don't keep the brochure? Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, thinking like a consumer as opposed to like a, a business person, if that makes sense. Oh, completely. So um, it's a learning process. I'm changing it every day. Right. No, absolutely. And I think it has to be this uh, ability to be flexible and change and all of those things. I wanted to ask you, uh, we talked about this like right before we get started, which is, I feel like for many of us, we hear that it's good to connect with primary care physicians, others in the community. Maybe we've even heard that it's good to like send a letter out and connect that way. But mm-hmm. I think sometimes for us, we're kind of like, uh, let's make it short and efficient, <laughs> right? So let's create one letter and we can like maybe just tweak like the person's name but the general content letter is still the same. How did you break yeah. out of that that mold of saying, you know what, I, I don't want to do that. In fact, what I want to do is I want to tweak and I want to personalize it to who I'm sending it to. Yeah, because I had a lot of a lot of people respond asking me for the template. And I don't know if you saw any of my responses. I kind of was very vague with it. And we can talk about kind of what my template was, but it was so different from person to person because I didn't want it to seem like this boring, structured, formal letter. I wanted it to be more in my personality, introducing myself and almost selling myself and my services And plus, I was like, I want them, if their colleague happens to see, hey, did you get this letter from Amanda? I didn't want them to compare letters and see, oh, she just wrote the exact same thing for both people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I tried to, even though I did have almost, I had this template written out, I changed it from person to person based on what I was reaching to them for and what their specialty was, what my specialty is. And I try to think about it more as I'm trying to make a connection with them and a relationship with them as opposed to, yeah, just a marketing strategy. I'm just sending out letters to 100 people. Hmm. I don't know if I read this somewhere, if I just like made this up, but I've always, <laughs> I like this quote of people connect with people, right? Yeah. Like, and I think sometimes when we kind of put on our business or marketing hat, we forget that, you know, we forget the human connection and the, and it sounds like that's what you did in these letters. It was much that's- more personal. That's perfect. That's exactly what I was trying to do. I wanted them to read this and be like, wow, she's an actual person. I want to look her up. I want to see what she's about and not just like Ugh, another marketing material on our doorstep. Mm. 
And so I try to change it up so it read like my personality as well. You know, we started talking about this, but like, so you tweak these letters and then let's talk about like that general format. It sounds like, I mean, you said they were different and, but like, was there like a broad arching kind yeah. of format or not? Yeah, I did start with, because everyone asked for that template. I did start with the general template kind yeah. of, you know, it started with that intro Hey, I wanted to introduce myself as I expanded full-time into private practice this January or because I have still sent some out in this last month after I started, like, you know, in private practice. So I said, hey, I'm in the midst of expanding. And then I got into here are my specialties. Might have mentioned, like, since we're in the same field, how can I be of assistance to you and your, you know, your clientele with their mental health needs I also explain just logistics, what ages I work with, what insurance, because I don't want to, oh, I've had this happen a few times. I don't, I feel awful when they send somebody to me and I can't help them. And I feel so bad that they're already sending me people and I have to turn them away. So I wanted to make sure I include that in the letters right away, what insurance I take so that I can make sure I'm the best fit for them. And of course, I included all my contact information, let them know if they need anything from me, if they have any questions for them, their families, their staff, if I can be assistance to them, because this isn't just for their patients. If their staff has any mental health needs, I can be there for them. That was kind of a generic template. But then, like I said, I try to think about how I could individualize for each staff or provider and would throw kind of a sentence in. Did you, so I guess to get some of that information, let's say, did you like look on their website to kind of get an idea? Like, Yeah. So some of them, a lot of people like providers would have their biographies, Mm. whether an OBGYN specializes in postpartum or let's see, pediatricians, they might mention attachment issues or something. And I would throw that in there and what kind of training I have. Mm. So I really looked into if they had their biographies and if there's something I could connect with there. Yeah. And that's the word, right? Like there was, you're connecting as colleagues, like it's that connection Mm -hmm. piece of it. Yes. And like I said, I had a handful and it was perfect. They responded right away and they said, you know what? We don't want to use the community mental health center anymore. We would love to start sending all of our referrals your way. They said, get your calendar ready. (laughs) And my eyes just lit up, you know, for somebody going full-time into private practice. Did exactly you, what I needed. Did you, uh, so what did they, did they like snail bail you? <laughs> what did they do? Yeah. So one of them, they had their nurse call me. Okay. Another one started faxing me. They had like a hospital has a referral specialist. Huh. So she starts referring me all of their patients. Oh, wow. Another one, he emailed me, a couple emailed. So they all reached out in their different ways and I re- responded immediately. <laughs> That's amazing. I wanted to take a step back. Like, why do you think this works so well? Yeah, I was taking a look at that. I think one of it is, as I mentioned before, is I emailed or I addressed it to the specific providers instead of the entire agency, just because I know I've been in that kind of receptionist position before, like high school and college. And I know if you just address it to the hospital, it's not going anywhere. That receptionist opens it and it stays right there on the desk. So I think that really helped because I know it ends up in that doctor's mailbox. And even though that mailbox is huge and they might rush through it, they're going to see it. Mm. So that really helped. And I think I took a lot of time identifying which specific doctors to send it to. Um, Best example is 
I sent it to, like I mentioned, the urgent care facilities in town, kind of like a medicist, similar to an ER. And I didn't do this until a couple of weeks ago because I was thinking, who do clients go to? Because I do panic attack treatment. And I sent those letters out on a Saturday. One of them got the letter on a Monday and she called me the second she got a letter and she was like, I'm so glad I got your letter. I have a client right now. And I was like, oh my gosh, what would she have done? Who would she have called? Yes, she would have found somebody, but she found me because the letter was sitting there right there on their desk. So I just took a lot of time identifying who to send it to. And I think the last thing I did well was I sent a lot. I didn't just send five, hoping all five would return. I probably sent about, I don't know, maybe up to this point in the last month, I've probably sent 80 because I try to send a few every week. Yeah, so you're, this is something you're continuing to expand your referral. Yeah, I try to do a little bit of marketing every week or when I have a slower day. Not that I've had too many slow days, but I think about, okay, who else can I contact? Let me Google and see what practices I've missed. <laughs> As you kind of go forward, how do you think that you'll continue to improve this and kind of tweak this way that you're building these relationships? Yeah, as I mentioned, and who knows if this is even needed, but I totally bought my magnetic business cards because <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was thinking, I was like, how many providers just throw away those business cards? And to me, I would totally love a magnet that's right there yeah. so that doctors can provide my business information for each client. Where did, I don't you, know get they actually... Where did you get this from? <laughs> yeah, I, I love Vistaprint because oh. they save all of your logo information and it's you can get any product you need. Nice. I totally sound like I'm marketing for them. <laughs> we have no They're relationship not, with Exactly. <laughs> they are not paying me for this. So I'm trying to think about what else I can send them that they might not throw away. Mm. But I'm still every day I'm searching for other providers online or that might be even more, you know, closely tied to my specialties. Because yeah. at first I did send some just to family practitioners in general and Maybe some of those weren't the best fit for my practice, but I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. You said something, which I don't know, like, I mean, I don't know if we have enough data on this, but like, it sounds like when you're offering them things, like it's something that could be like functional or practical, like magnets or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. What's funny is my fiance actually just mentioned last night, he's like, you need to do like those sports schedules. I mean, I'm in Kansas, so yeah. we have Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City Royals, and he's like, you need to do that. Mm. That's what I would love to get in the mail. He's a therapist also. Mm. And I was like, well, maybe, and not to stereotype, I was like, maybe the mail providers would love that. Mm. <laughs> but I was like, that's a great idea. Start thinking about what people would actually love and keep. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's functional plus practical. Like, uh-huh. That's such a... No, it's a, it's a great idea. Um, I know. Or <laughs> the last question I wanted to ask you was, so it, I think it's one thing to build these relationships, but the equally important thing is continuing to nurture them and supporting these practitioners because, you know, that's ultimately what it is, right? Like you want, yes. you want to come from this place of service and, and helping them. So how do you envision doing that? Yeah, so I am the dork. I feel like I'm personal. I typically send handwritten thank you notes mm. after I've gotten a referral or two just to let them know how much I appreciate it. I don't give them any specific names who they've referred to me. I don't want to break confidentiality, but I just let them know. Mm. I can appreciate all their continued support. Let them know. Let me know if there's anything they need from me. I throw in a few more business cards. <laughs> and since I have a few doctors from hospitals that are sending me referrals, I know how important it is that the referral specialist, they have to know for their paperwork 
if their referral has followed through, when their client is scheduled, all that information. Mm. And so without breaking, you know, or any private health information, I get back to them immediately that I have gotten their facts. If I have ever gotten a hold of their client, any information like that, because I remember working in a hospital, having to make these referrals and you have to document whether or not, you know, you have made that if they have scheduled and whatnot. And so I get back to their people immediately. Otherwise, they're contacting me every day. Right. <laughs> Did this get done? Right. So I just make sure because I want them to continue making those to me. So that's like one of my priority to do's every day is to get back to them. Yeah. I mean, it's such a practical thing, but it's a very thoughtful thing because what you're communicating is, you know, I'm so appreciative that you're exactly like I want to make their job easier so that they think of me first and not this other referral they make. Mm. (laughs) She never gets back to me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I told you this earlier, like you have such a, a servant heart, like, and I think that's like, I love the way you think about that even, right? Like, how do I make their jobs easier? How can I support them? Because mm-hmm. you know, I really do feel like the more we're willing to support others, right, then the referrals, the income, and all of those things, right, that's a byproduct of supporting it others. It is. They almost want to pay it forward or pay it back to me. Right. So I will do that little bit for them, sending me an email saying, yep, I got the facts. Mm-hmm. I always respond saying, I got the email, I got the referral. Awesome. Amanda, keep doing what you're doing. I'm excited for this conversation to go live. I think it's going to help so many people. What are some of the best ways that folks can get in touch with you? Oh, thank you. Yes. So I have my website, which will have all my contact information on it. And my website is amandalcpc.com. And from there, you can find my email, my Facebook, Twitter, everything. Sounds good. I'll put it in the show notes for you. Oh, thank you, Melvin. Have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you again. Oh, you too. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Amanda. And more than anything, I hope that it's given you some new ideas, especially if you've been struggling with regard to how to reach out to referral sources, how to reach out to helpers and healers and physicians that's in your community. There were a couple of things that that really resonated for me with Amanda. I think one of the things is that, you know, I think there's so much material online, right? There's even with the STC podcast, there's lots of just good information about marketing and all of these things, which that's one of the neatest things. There are so many opportunities there, but I think sometimes it's really easy to lose track of the fact that all of this is really meant toward just forming a human connection with someone, right? And when we think of referral sources, it's not that, you know, we want to tap into that pediatrician's office, but we want to form that human connection with that pediatrician just to learn about their work, to see how we can support them. And it's that relationship and the depth of that relationship that that leads to referrals, leads to future collaborations and all of those things. The other thing that really resonated for me was, I think sometimes, and I struggle with this as well, but sometimes, well, actually building all the time, building a small business is not easy. And sometimes you end up having to do things that aren't like you may not enjoy, maybe you enjoy writing letters and that's okay if you do, more power to you. But but sometimes you have to do things that you don't enjoy, but that it doesn't mean that you don't do them, right? Like 
I think thinking about building a small business and building these relationships in a way that it's almost, I like to almost think of it like a laboratory, right? Like some things will resonate, some things won't. And some things just, I think building a business, it's not easy. And sometimes it requires, actually, a lot of times it just requires hard work and, and getting up and, and writing a letter that maybe you, during a slow period, instead of saying, you know what, here's a slow period and what am I going to do and, and panicking. Amanda mentioned a number of resources and tips, and I, I took notes for you, and I wrote them down on the show notes page, which you can find at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number one one zero. As we wrap up uh, again, I just wanted to thank the awesome team over at Theranest for supporting this month's podcast. Theranest is private practice management software that is simple and it's affordable and it's used by thousands of our colleagues, um, both in the the Selling the Couch community and outside of it. Anytime I've seen their nest being posted, the feedback has generally been overly just, just very positive. And that was one of the reasons that I wanted to support the folks at their nest because they do good work and they have a solid product. Again, they were really kind enough to offer us and our community a nice discount. So you get a 21 day free trial and then you get 20% off the normal price with 20% off for the first three months. But you have to go through this special link um, just so that they can track it. And that link is sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thera Nest. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I'm so grateful that you took the time to listen, and uh, I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.